Welcome to the Mama Coach Podcast, where we are talking all things motherhood, but without the judgment. This mom gig can be a tough one, and we are here to discuss ways to make it a little easier. Hey mamas, this is Carrie Bruno. I am the founder of the Mama Coach, a registered nurse, lactation consultant, sleep coach, and mama of two little guys. And I'm so excited to have Katie here with me today from Live It Well Nutrition. We are going to be talking about starting solids because, oh man, there's so many questions when it comes to, you know, is my baby ready? What should I feed him? And I thought you know, there's nobody better to clear up those questions than Katie. So welcome, Katie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us who you are and tell us a little bit about your company. Thank you. So I'm Katie Reitzma. I'm a mama to two. I have a two and a bit year old boy named Diego and my girl Haley is coming up on her first birthday at this time and so yeah so um yeah i'm a prenatal and pediatric nutritionist Uh, my company is live it well nutrition like you mentioned and i've just started doing in-home visits uh here um on the west coast vancouver area and so i'm really excited i do virtual visits for those of you who are near cary and calgary and I'm just loving it. I I do a lot of public speaking on this subject and I just love meeting so many babies and helping them start this journey. Awesome. And you can help families all over North America, correct? Virtually? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do virtual consults online. Perfect. That's so good. Well, let's jump in. So let's start with the, the first question. How, like, so the, the guidelines are the six months, correct? To, to start solids? Uh, it depends. So the guidelines that your pediatrician would say would be four to six months yes. anytime within there or 12 pounds. And so whatever oh, wow. comes first. However, there's a lot of babies who put on weight very quickly and it, they're not necessarily ready. So there's, there's a, something called signs of readiness, um, which are just signs to look for. And I like to say, despite the age, you got to look for these signs. I I really like that because I feel like there's a lot of pressure. Like, first of all, 12 pounds, like some babies are 12 pounds at two months old and very far from, from, (laughs) from being ready for solids. And I also think, you know, even though you, you hit your six months old, you still might not be quite ready. So let's talk about those signs of readiness. What does it look like? So first of all, we want their head to be able to be held up right because this indicates that their neck muscles and their swallowing muscles are advanced so that they're ready to intake food. Then we want to look for um, whether or not they're looking for more calories. So are they cluster feeding? Are they feeding and emptying your milk storage multiple times, feeding more regularly? or or perhaps even waking up in the night to feed. And this is sometimes you might want to contact the mama coach because this actually <laughs> um, coincides with that four to six month sleep regression, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So, and feeding and sleep go hand in hand, right? Like they totally both. do. And, and it's just so important to do a feeding assessment. We do on every baby before we work with them for sleep because 
if a baby's hungry, for example, it is so not fair to ask him to sleep, right? It's it's about checking that box first. Is feeding going well? And solids is a part of that. So awesome. Totally. And one last that I would love to mention is the suckling reflex, because I feel like yes. this is one of the most important ones. And this is when parents, you might see the tongue thrusting a spoon out of their mouth. It's a reflex that naturally dissipates between four and six months. And yes. basically it's just, it's for breastfeeding. It's, and so anytime anything comes into contact with your baby's mouth, it's just a natural little um, sticking their tongue out reflex. And so that's a good indication that they're, if that's present, it's a good indication that they're not ready. You want to wait until that goes away because that'll show that their tongue muscles and everything are ready to, to start swallowing. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise they can't really move the food from the front to the back of their mouth, right, safely. Exactly. And it's just going to be frustrating for, for you as a parent and for babies because you're trying to get food in there and it's, and it's just coming, coming out. out. <laughs> totally. Yeah, okay. You're wearing it. <laughs> yeah. And so are they. And it, it almost looks like they don't like it, right? When you, when they still yeah. have that, that reflex, cause it just instantly comes out. Right. Yeah. Why are you trying to feed me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want breast milk or formula. <laughs> Give <Yeah>. me that. <laughs> totally. Um, so these signs of readiness, do these apply to premature babies too? How do you factor that in? That's a great question. And I get that a lot because there's something called adjusted age, which means that for say six month milestones, whether that's crawling, that's a little early, but whether that's yeah. um, crawling or talking or whatever that milestone is, you if your baby was born, say, a month early, then you expect to reach the six-month milestone at seven because you tack on the month or whatever time yeah. the premature baby was born, and you tack that onto the milestone. And so that does not actually apply to eating um, because whenever they're – and that's why the signs of readiness are so important um, because yeah. whatever their weight is or whatever um, their age is, if they're not showing the signs of readiness, if their head's not upright, if you know, if their tongue suckling reflex is still there, then you just wait a little bit longer. It's totally fine. Um, they're still getting all of their nutrients from breast milk up until um, the need for iron at six months. And if they're on formula, then they're still getting all of their nutrient needs. And so not to worry in the first year, um, starting foods is more like training the digestive system. Okay. Okay. It's like, it's a compliment, right? To milk, whether that's formula or breast milk. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing we're really looking at in the first year is the need for iron for breastfed infants from six yes. months onward. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else, it's just a compliment. It's for fun. It's like a learning experience. <laughs> and so yeah. no pressure for you parents out there listening. Right. And I, I feel like it's important to say like, so six months, some babies maybe aren't ready till, you know, six and a half or seven. And some moms feel so much stress, like the, like the tap of yeah. iron just instantly shuts off the day they hit six months. And that isn't necessarily the case, right? Like it's, a, exactly. you can't force Everyone's a baby different. to eat. Yeah. 
So, okay. It's interesting because my son wasn't ready until closer to the seven and a half month mark. And you can get um, droppers of iron supplements if you really feel like this is important and you're worried about it and you want to make sure, just sure that they're getting their iron. You can introduce a a baby supplement. Um, But then my daughter surprised me and she was showing all the signs of readiness way earlier than my son. She was like five months and ready to eat. (laughs) Right. I I think that is a really good point about the iron supplement. So if at six months you're feeling really stressed and your baby still isn't quite showing those signs of readiness and you're worried about iron supplementation, maybe instead of forcing solids, which which sometimes happens because we're worried, um, take them to your family practitioner and, and, and talk about those iron supplements. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And okay. So now we know the signs of readiness, but what the stink do we feed them? Right. That's the next question. Where do you (laughs) even start? Right. There is so much buzz, I think, uh, talking about baby led weaning. So can you explain where should we start? So I like to teach on the environment of eating. And part of that is the way that you're feeding your child. And so first and foremost, I want to say to all of you guys listening, a variety is the best because we're teaching our children to have a nonchalance sort of experience with food. And when when a baby has just liquid, um, they'll turn out just fine. So don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's just sort of like a, a bonus to have a mixture of steel cut oats Baby led weaning means um, offering foods in their whole form or closer to their whole form, I like to promote because giving a baby a, an entire cucumber, which if you go to the hashtag baby led weaning or, or something, you might see pictures of babies eating apples before they have teeth and their gums are very strong. You can give them um, whole foods, but not in their whole form because that's a choking hazard and we do not Absolutely. want that. No, we don't. (laughs) And so what I like to say is offer textured foods, offer a variety. So what I'm talking more about is like little matchsticks um, and mushy kind of sticky food like chia seeds that have been soaked um, in a plant milk, right? Uh, When you're ready to offer that and steel cut oats that has that bit of grittiness and they can work it around with their tongue. Offering this variety will teach them and create sort of this learning experience every time they sit down to eat. And so it can actually, um, people sometimes think of baby led weaning as um, causing choking because they understand it to offer whole foods, big chunks of foods. Um, But it it can actually prevent it in some ways because um, you're teaching your child to eat in two steps. Step one, chew the food. Step two, swallow the food. Whereas with purees, if they're only having purees, they're only learning and building the habits of one step, swallow, 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 swallow. And so in that regard, you could actually be teaching them um, by offering a variety of foods, liquids, um, solids, gritty food, wet food. Um, You can be teaching them just to chew and then swallow. 
Right. So it's it's not so much because sometimes I think there is a bit of a misconception on what baby led weaning is, is that essentially they're eating big chunks of food right out of the gates. And I like what right. you're saying and how you describe it. It's, it's, you know, a variety of textures, you know, maybe some of it is purees, some of it is, you know, chunky oatmeal, some of it is those matchstick pieces of, you know, s- steamed vegetables, correct? Am I on the yes. right page here? Oh, totally, totally. And if I could add one more thing to that. Um, sure. A lot of parents struggle with picky eating, um, starting around maybe the two-year mark, like 18 months-ish yeah. um, and onward. And and that's sort of a topic on its own. But to prevent picky eating, offering a variety of food can actually really help you with this. And I'll explain why. So when your baby is accepting a liquid food on a spoon, like a blended food um, on a spoon, right? And they don't know how to spit yet. They're like, they're a baby. (laughs) If they accept the food in, it is staying there regardless if they like it or not. And so in that way, they've lost their power. They are, if they just have to swallow it, the experience has been negative. Now, the next time that they go to eat, they've made this connection because babies are learning everything. They're making connections left, right, and center. Mama, that's a good connection. Papa, that's a good connection. And so, yeah. and so this connection with food that they're making, um, it has possibly been negative. And so the next time that they go to eat, they might see that food coming towards them and purse their lips shut shake their heads, look behind them like, oh, there's something back there, isn't there? Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And whereas if you offer um, like small, soft matchsticks or mushy uh, sweet potato or yams or something without the skin, um, something that they can open their mouth and it falls out or you can assist them once they show that they don't like it, you can assist them at getting it out. That empowers them to make the connection that, hey, I can undo this choice of initially eating the food and that's okay. And so the, right. the next time that they go to eat, they'll be like, oh, it's okay. I'll try something new because if I don't like it, I can undo it. Okay. And so what hap- how do we know if they don't like it is because I feel like babies make all kinds of faces when they're learning to eat. So how do we know if they don't like it? And then what happens? Should we offer it again? Yeah, so it's interesting because you're right. Babies make so many interesting faces. Um, a lot of the times, even if they like it, they'll kind of grimace and yes. push yeah. their lips together and kind of uh, sop it around in their mouth. Um, but you're kind of looking for the signs that your baby often tells you that they don't like other things as well because everybody, every baby is different. And so mm-hmm. often this will be um, pawing at their mouth or trying to get away from their own mouth. You know, when they shake their head, but keep going backward and backward. Um, That's sort of a sign that they don't want this in their mouth. They're trying to get away from it and they don't really understand that it's in them. It's, (laughs) you can't get away from it. It's not in front of you. Um, And, and they might even just like shake their arms and cry. And then, you know, oh, okay, maybe this was, uh, maybe I added too much spice if you're if you're in that part of your journey right or maybe this is too hot or i don't know and so you can assist them um do the pinky sweep and just get it out there um because you can tell by your baby's individual signs that they do not like it 
Okay. And so should we try that same food again, like a week later? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So it's, there's no harm in trying the same food over and over. In fact, later on with picky eaters, and you can do this early on as well, um, 13 times is sort of the magic yeah. number. You got to offer a food over and over 13 times, maybe in different ways, especially different ways if they're an older child, like a toddler, but for younger children, just 13 times. And, and really when you're starting solids, you want to space out individual foods for three to five days and then build on that. And so you're sort of going to be offering the same food anyway, unless of okay. course it causes some sort of reaction. Then you want to just right. take it out and have a break and then reintroduce it later on. Okay. So what food should they start with? Great question. So this is actually, um, it's different for a lot of parents. So if, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, I would say to start with something like um, a bone broth, antibiotic-free bone broth. Um, you can have it in a bottle if you're worried about that iron getting in um, because bone broth is super rich in iron and it's really healthy for the gut. You just want to get a good quality if you're going to do this. Um, okay. You can start with um, shredded chicken, but I'm antibiotic-free, best quality. But then, of course, you, you can boil the chicken and then shred it apart into tiny little pieces. Like it's almost, it's like a mush, right? So I'm okay. not talking about big strips of chicken. Um, no. Because their gums will be able to chew things. Um, and often they'll just take it in their mouth, work it around, and it all eventually comes out anyway. <laughs> but they are okay. absorbing that iron through their cheeks and their gums. Okay. Um, but you can start with oats. Oats is a great one for formula fed infants. You'll be, they'll be getting their iron. And so implementing iron rich foods like bone broth, this is where it differs, right? By bone broth or, or meats or chicken, um, that can actually have a counterintuitive effect. Um, or, or even like rice cereals or oat cereals that has fortified iron in it. So if you take the iron from the formula, plus the iron from the new foods that have been fortified with iron, you could run into constipation issues. Yeah. And so for formula fed, I would then say maybe don't start with iron rich foods like bone broth, um, but like breast milk babies would, um, and then start with carbs because babies love carbs. Carbs help us grow. Um, and so in that regard, I would do Oats. Oats is a great one, but sweet potatoes, um, yams, anything like that is really great. Even broccoli, okay. just steam it until you can't steam it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they can still hold it, but it, it'll kind of just break apart once they put it to their mouth. Okay. It kind of melts almost. It's like mush, right? Yeah, exactly. They can still kind of pick up the floret um, once it's cooled down, of course. But then once they go to eat it, it just kind of mushes. We've all overcooked broccoli. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think that's what I served for dinner last night. <laughs> oh, and so how, mu how much and, and when? Like, what part of the day is the best time to, to start with solids? Yeah. So the first, first meal, for those of you just starting, um, let them wake up for the, for the day. 
and then go down for their first nap. Because with young babies, if it's around the four to six month mark, they're only awake for like two hours until yeah, they go max. down for their first nap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. That's like the long end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so then they go down for their first nap. And that second window is they're lo- awake for a longer period of time, most often. And still really happy, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so happy. It's, a, it's, it's their best part of the day. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, oh, this is the perfect time to do it because eating is a lesson, right? Foods before one are just for fun, except for, of course, the iron for breastfed infants. And so at this time, they've woken up from their first nap um, and you can maybe nurse them for a little bit to satiate them just enough to want to sit in their high chair and have a little activity with food. (laughs) And you can offer them a single food at that time. Now, don't put them down to sleep right away. Um, if they if they get tired, just try to keep them up or, or wear them so that they're close to you. You just want to make sure that there's not any food in the roof of their mouth that's accumulated or that they're not going to have any sort of allergic reaction to the food. Um, so in that regard, don't put them down for a nap or leave them alone right away. Um, right. But this is when you would want to do it. They're most alert. They're happy, like you said, and they're ready for that food lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like I like that food lesson because and think about even as adults, it's really hard to to do something or to learn something new when we feel tired. Right. So as the day progresses, it gets more challenging for babies to be like, okay, I'm going to try this. It's like, no, thanks. So I think I love that. Like right after first nap, nurse them or give them a bottle, wait and then try. So, okay, cool. And, and we'd kind of touched on which foods that we should start with, but what about store-bought versus homemade? Like that, that in itself is, is, really overwhelming, right? And and kind of guilt inducing. So if not everybody can make homemade baby food. So what if what is store bought and where where do we go and how do we choose something that's, you know, going to be healthy for baby? That's a great point is the guilt that so mm-hmm. many of us feel. Um and it really is great to make your own baby food and it's not that hard but it does sometimes it does take the consistency and you're in a pinch we've all been there um so don't feel bad if if you're a busy mom like and you have other kids like do not feel bad um even i as a nutritionist have been at the point where you're out and your baby was extra hungry and ate all your food and all you can do is go out and buy some because they're still hungry and they want more or you just forgot or whatever the case is. And so I actually do Instagram live classes and anybody can reach me at my handle at live it well nutrition. And I have, if you contact me, I will send you this. I compare baby brands and I talk about baby crackers and purees and all that kind of good stuff. Um, But in short, when you're buying store-bought food, um, you want to, like if you're choosing cereals, let's say, You'd want to go with oat cereal, not rice cereal. Now, if you've been offering rice cereal, don't feel bad. There's just more arsenic in rice, which sounds scary, <laughs> but it's just a, a natural heavy metal that's in the soil. It's in all of our, we're all on the planet Earth. <laughs> right. And so it's just more concentrated in rice. 
And so if you were going to go to the store and choose between the two, choose oat cereal. Um, And for purees, try to look for um, on the packaging. If it says puree, um, say it'll say apple puree, pear puree, right? Sweet potato puree. When it says puree on the labeling, that basically means that it's been um, reduced to more like a syrup. So that pouch food is more like candy at that point, just Uh. because of the processing that it's gone through. Um, And so you might like if you were to squeeze out a pouch and taste it, um, a sweet potato kind of blend, whereas you actually eat a sweet potato, it's very different. And you'll quickly see that your child is very excited to get those pouches. (laughs) Okay. And so, yeah. Is there is there any pouches that aren't puree? Like when you're there, like that aren't reduced to a syrup? There are they're all going to be um or mostly all I would say pasteurized. So the nutrient value has then decreased from the original food. So this is just a reality with packaged foods. Um but there are some brands that don't have the so if you think about a baby food company, um, they purchase, they outsource their purees. So the, the fruit and vegetables go from the farmer to a company that makes purees. And then the puree company sells their purees to the baby food company. Um, right. But some baby food companies actually make their own. So the end product is, yes, the liquid food, the puree food. And it uh. won't say pure, the word puree on the label. Okay, so and can all, can you yeah, tell all pouches are pure. Okay, not to put you on the spot, but it, what is an example of one a company that that does that, like that that makes their own? Oh, um, I just did this live, and Love Child Organic, I think, yes. has consistently won. <laughs> They're okay. a great brand, and they've consistently won. Um, both with the crackers, they have these love ducks, which are dehydrated and great. They're crackers. Um, yes. And so those are really great and very straightforward ingredients. I've contacted the companies for these lives, by the way, and for the handouts that I make for them. Um, and then I believe that they also showed up um, as the number one, I think, for the purees that I did a few weeks ago. And so there, oh, awesome. if I had to list one, I always say, oh, love child. <laughs> Go get Perfect. love child. Okay, cool. Because mamas want to know, right? Like, what should they be choosing? So Absolutely. awesome. Okay. Okay. So we know kind of time of day, what we should give them. And then how do you know when the baby's done or when the baby wants more and how much, like, should you start with? Yeah. This is a lot of um, sort of consistency and practice on the parent's part, because unlike the rest of the day uh, where you lead the baby, right? You lead the baby to activities or when you're going to leave the park or whatever. Um, But with food, I like to promote you having the baby lead you. And that's sort of backwards for a lot of parents, but it's really, really important um, because we want them to be in touch with their own hunger signals. So we yep. don't link food with behavior. We link food with appetite. And so yep. when they start playing with their food and not eating it, 
they, you can still let them sit with their food and play with it. They might make a mess. I'm sorry, parents. It's just part of that. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's showing them, you, that they're done eating. Um, when they sort of um, motion to your plate or they'll do this like squeal or these sounds just sort of um, emphasizing that they want more, <laughs> uh, yes. then you can give them more. Um, it's sometimes difficult for parents who have been formula feeding because they're measuring out the formula bottles by the ounce, right? Yeah. And so suddenly going from that to listening to your baby and letting them lead and tell you when they're full or wanting more is really difficult. But if you do it, um, you'll you'll be helping out your child in in the way that you're keeping them in touch with their own hunger signals and not the time of day or the the amount of times that they eat per day. Um, just let them eat if they express that they're hungry. And sometimes a really great sign is actually in related, it's related to breastfeeding. So often it'll happen in the evening when you think you're going to be putting your baby down for sleep because every other day so far you've nursed them or um, mm -hmm. bottle fed them to sleep. However, once they start getting their second wind, and instead of falling asleep, they're like, whoa, thank you for the food <laughs> yeah. in the bottle or the breast. Thank you. I'm ready to play again. And that's a good sign that, oh, okay, they were hungry. They were yeah. not tired. <laughs> but it seems like the same symptoms, like tired and hungry. But once they start oh. getting that second win, that's when you know. Interesting. Okay, cool. I, I, I think I have found this so helpful. And I hope that it, you know, it answers some of those initial questions that mamas have when they're thinking like, when, how much, what should I be feeding them, etc. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yeah. And so where can people find more information from you? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on my Instagram. Um, okay. If you're looking for posts or baby friendly meal ideas or the lives, the live classes that I do, those are great. And I offer handouts. So you can find me on Instagram at liveitwellnutrition. Um, you can find me at liveitwellnutrition.com. And there okay. I offer consults online and in in-person visits if you're in the lower mainland. And then also I have YouTube and Facebook, and it's all at Live It Well Nutrition. Beautiful. And you are offering our listeners a coupon code, correct? Yes, I am. So if you go and you want the starting solids guide that I've created, and it has so much more than what I'm talking about today, um, you can go to my website, liveitwellnutrition.com, and go to the page, the shop page with my guide on it. Enter the code, the mama coach podcast. We'll keep it in the show notes for you. Um, the mama coach podcast, one word, and you'll get 50% off right there. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And thank you to everybody out there who's listened today. And if you liked this podcast, or if you know somebody that might benefit from it, we so appreciate you sharing it with others and leaving a review screenshot it tag me i'm i'm so so grateful and thanks again katie and um thanks for everyone for joining have a good day everybody